Born in Zion Baptist Church, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you one more time uh, for those who are able to log in and join us this morning uh, for worship on Facebook Live. And thank you for those who may tune in later on today. Thank you. Uh, we pray, as always, that words are said to encourage you, to bless you, and, and may you be able to continue to celebrate and rejoice in this great gospel that we have in our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. And as we continue on praying for our community, praying for our world, as we all are dealing with this crisis of this pandemic, uh, we also want to continue to pray for our community um, and just pray for healing uh, and so much tragedy that's happening uh, that there's times like this that we need to turn to God and love and care one for another uh, like we should uh, to bring glory and honor to our God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So with that, let us open up and a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you uh, for just one more day in your presence. We just thank you uh, for how great is your grace and your mercy and your love towards us. Father, we ask right now, guide us into your presence. Fill us with your peace, your love, your grace, and your mercy. And may all that be said and done uh, be done for your glory, that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue on our study, uh, we'll be looking in the book of Philippians, and as we study this text today, uh, we're going to look at verses 12 to 20 now. Uh, so we've been moving along in this letter. Uh, as you've been uh, following along, we've been seeing that G Paul opens up this letter with a greeting, including him as a slave with, with Timothy, as a, so as an introduction uh, into this letter, but also as a partnership and a friendship as he speaks about how he has joy every time he thinks of them, he prays for them. And so we see that aspect of that. And then we saw about his prayer in verses nine, about how he prays with confidence, how he prays uh, 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 that continual prayer from verse six, that he who speaking of God, who's begun a good work in you will complete it. And then we see that good work as he talks about it, as he expresses uh, in his prayer. And so now we move past that part of his prayer of thanksgiving, of thanking God for that partnership with him um, in this ministry, though he's in change. And remember, this is a, a pastoral epistle. And so Paul is praying and, and writing to them from prison. And kind of why we're in this text is dealing with about how we are dealing with our own, say, shelter in place and how we are dealing with maybe limited movement and confinement. But it does not limit the work of our God. It does not limit the expanding of the gospel. It does not limit the power of our God, though we may be limited in our, and are able to be mobile. We are not limited and able to, of the gospel of moving forward and impacting our lives where we are. And so now we're going to talk about today about that mobility not being limited, how we can still have joy while others might be seeking our pain. And so Paul, again, has a theme about him rejoicing no matter his circumstances, no matter what he's going through. He's rejoicing uh, in this text. And so we just think about that for a moment, that you might be going through some hard times. You might go through some hardships. But how can I still find joy in the midst of my pain? And one one reason that we can find joy, as Paul's point out, that we have confidence, we have a hope in Jesus Christ. And so. And that's why he's encouraged that no matter what has happened to him, he's looking for the good. So the first thing I want us to focus on about how I can have joy while others are seeking my pain is that I've got to learn to focus 
on the good things by giving glory to God. Look at verse 12 of Philippians first chapter says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. First, look for that the good that comes from a bad situation. Paul is pointing out that he is in a bad situation, but it's all good. And the reason why it's all good, he says, because it has helped to spread the good news. Now, the situation is not good. It's not good to be in prison. It's not good to be chained and shackled uh, and, and not have liberties. But yet he's saying, I can find the good from a bad situation. Hence the, the saying, right, how to make uh, lemons and turn it into lemonade. Uh, we need to realize I can make bad things and turn them into good. We can use what we got. Some of you might remember the old syndicate TV show, right? A MacGyver, right? How he can take a paper clip and a string. And he can make whatever he needed to escape whatever he was in situation, right? How can you make a bad situation into a good situation? Well, here's the situation. Now, we don't need a paper clip. We don't need a string. All we need is just turn to our God and say, God, I trust you to turn what's bad into good. And so Paul is saying, look, and I, I see the situation that I'm in, but it is working for good. And so remember now, Paul is in prison for preaching this gospel, but yet he is still preaching this gospel, even though he's in prison. Yet the very thing that has him in prison is a very thing that's giving him his liberty. The very thing that has, has, has stopped his mobility has not limited the mobility of the gospel moving forward. Can't God do it? I, I think Paul's a little bit like Jeremiah right now when, when Jeremiah says, but uh, in verse chapter 20, verse nine says, but if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I, I am worn out trying to hold it and I can't do it. So Paul has fire shut up in his bones that he has to preach and proclaim this gospel. I want to encourage you to understand that you too need to be ready to preach this gospel in season and out of season. There's people out there that need to hear hope in the midst of a dire situation. So don't sit down on what God has given you, but be like Paul and say, I'm going to look for the good in the midst of a bad situation. You might have a captive audience now that is limited people around. You might be able to tell somebody and pour into this hope you have, this love you have through Jesus. And that's what Paul is doing. And he's showing us that no matter our, cir our circumstances, no matter what we're going through, no matter how bad it might be, we can still find use for the gospel. And Paul is compelled to preach his gospel. He sees the gospel to be, the, to be good and he sees the good in a bad situation. Paul also sees the benefit of the gospel. For verse 13 and verse 14, we continue on in his letter. He says that for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. So here's the situation again. Paul is in prison for preaching the gospel, and yet he is embolden other people because he's not ashamed of the gospel. That's what he writes in Romans 1 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it has the power to save. And, and so when he understands that this gospel message cannot be 
quenched, cannot be limited, cannot be stopped. I have to preach it no matter where I am. I have to go tell it that other Christians in the area have become emboldened, have been encouraged because of the example that Paul is leading. I'm going to encourage you to understand that you too can set that same example in your household, in your work environment, that others might be looking for someone to set an example of boldness, a sample of hope, an example of peace, and you can be that example of what is good when you see the good God moving and working in your life. Paul's boldness in prison makes strong those who are free and not to be ashamed of the gospel. Though he's in chain and they are liberated, they both have that same gospel and the liberty to tell others how good God is. The other believers here speak God's message without fear because of Paul's boldness. Think about how many movements are begun because one person was bold enough to stand up against the others. That's what it often takes. It takes one person. And notice this one person here in this Texas, Paul, and his boldness has emboldened the many around. I, I, I remember growing up about hearing about Nelson Mandela as a child and, and realize how this one man is in prison, but yet they're still fighting to, to break apartheid and, and break the segregation that's happening in South Africa. But notice that it took one man over some 20 years, but because of his boldness, because his refusal to lay down and to let go, it brought forth liberty for one country. And how much more do we understand how Paul is saying that I am not going to let you hold me back, but this one person bold in the, the community around, but we know it to a greater level, why it was one man, the son of God, who boldly proclaimed that he is the life and the resurrection. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our, the only begotten God, our Lord and Savior, and he has galvanized us because of his boldness to die on the cross for our sins, how much more? We need to be bold and standing up for him. And that's what Paul is teaching us, that we have to have this kind of faith in God that can encourage others. And this kind of faith we have is not a a masterful kind of a thing. God has given each of us a measure of faith that we need Romans 12 and 3. And so you have enough faith. It's just, do I exercise it and do I use what I got? Paul's faith in the gospel made others bold and confident. Your faith in the gospel make others bold and confident. You can lead by example. So first, we need to focus on, 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 on giving God the glory and serving him and making sure that God gets everything that we deserve and giving that we can focus that God can make a bad situation into good. And you and in in doing with that, you can change your faith. The second I want to focus on how that 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 we need to focus on the good more than the bad. So here's the situation. So not only is Paul dealing with this, he's trying to say that even though I am in a bad situation, I am looking at what's good and I'm seeing the good that's coming out of it. And he's saying, I want to focus on the good more than the bad. Philippians 1, 15 to 18 reads, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to to make my change more painful to me. But that doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. Do not put too much energy in negativity. 
it is draining. When you are focused on what's negative, it's going to continue to draw away from you and, and sap your energy, and you won't have the energy to do the things you want to do because you spend all that energy dealing with something that is negative. Notice that Paul points out the positive first. He finds joy in those who are preaching Christ without fear. But yet he understands that I got to take the, the bad that comes with the good. And so he, he acknowledges that there are some. Notice he says some who are doing it uh, out of envy and, and strife. I want to highlight this, that he says, I, I noticed some. I, I had a wise person speak, speak truth into me when I was struggling and, and dealing with some issues in my life and, and feeling pressure that I felt that majority were against me. But this one person says the minority can roar as loud as a lion, but they're the minority. And, and that spoke wisdom to me to understand that sometimes I focus so much more on one instead of looking at the great. And here's the situation that Paul's pointing out. I, was, I don't want to focus on what's negative, but let me focus on what's positive. Yes, some are up to no good. Some are trying to do it out of envy and strife and pretense, but the others are doing it for the boldness. But yet I want to focus on this. As long as it's Christ being preached, I shall rejoice. Oh, glory be to God. And let me put it this way. Sometimes people want to have it their way, but as long as the job gets done, you ought to rejoice. I was at a few more witnesses here that we get caught up who gets the credit, who could be patted on the back. But yet if we want the same goal, let's go for it. Some of you are, are familiar with sports, and so you might be watching the game, right? And, and everybody wants to take the last shot, but as long as the team wins. That should be the main objective, the main goal, not who gets the credit. But we know there's some people who get upset. About that, and, and it doesn't go their way, but yet the majority like to win and get the accomplishment. And it'd be a lot better than the negative, right, where that one person's wounded for everybody. And so here's the situation is that instead of focus on the negative, let's focus on the positive. Let's, let's look on saying, I'm in a bad situation. I'm in shelter in places. Pandemic is happening, but yet I get to spend maybe more quality time with my family. I might get to pray more with my family. I might be able to do some more things around the house that I didn't always have time to do. I, I might be able to spend quality time talking to somebody longer now and communicating. I'm learning new ways to interact with my family and relatives with all these video chats. There's things that you can find good from out of these bad situations. You can see how technology might have, have really benefited you and helped you in reaching out. Instead of pointing out how I can't stand, I got to get on a computer screen. I got to do this. I got to do it. But let's look for the, the good and not focus on the bad. It'll drain your energy. And so he wants to point out that we can look at what's happening good. Paul sees the latter to preach out of love because they know Paul's defending the gospel. And that's one thing, too, that Paul's pointing out that I, I, I see their intentions. I, I see their hearts. And that's a good thing that when we are looking at what's good, what's pure, what's right. And so Paul could be disturbed and distraught over the former who preach in pretense and impure motives. But he's focused on those who have good intentions, those whose heart is for the gospel, those who desire to give God. And so notice that this does to him. It moves him to rejoice in Christ when others are operating on the contrary, when we are dealing with adverse circumstances in our lives, we can find reasons to rejoice that God is still our God. He is still our keeper. <clears throat> he is still in control. Paul's joy in the Lord cannot be defeated. 
this joy Paul has is because of his confidence in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord should give us confidence, hope and joy. Confidence in knowing that whatever we face, God will defend us and deliver us. Hope in that God will give us strength because he is our hope and our promise and the giver of eternal life. We have joy because we can rejoice in the the gift of our salvation because Christ has defeated death and death cannot defeat us. And so because Jesus has given us victory over death, we have joy knowing that we have life and we have delivered. Notice how Paul still has joy. Though he's in prison, his life may be at risk. But yet what he says in verse 18 and verse 20, but that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, focusing on what's good, I'm focusing on what's positive, I'm focused on what's giving glory to God, the message about Christ is being preached. Either way, so I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. He says, for I know this. Now, before I get to, for I know this, notice he says, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> he says, whether their motives are false or genuine, It doesn't matter as long as Christ is being preached. And here's a situation we want to get into that whatever this is, your adverse circumstance, the trouble you are in, whatever you are dealing with, you can place your blank there. You can be like Paul and believe that you can be delivered by God. Notice the steps that Paul points to his deliverance. He says that he prays and he also uh, solicits the people's prayer, says, I appreciate your prayer for my deliverance. So we need to pray to God and solicit us to be in prayer with us and whatever this is and saying, God, help me with this. And it might be a marriage. It might be finance. It might be an illness. Whatever it might be, you can say, God, I'm praying for this. COVID-19. May we see deliverance and then seek to know the power of God. In your life, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Paul knows that the spirit of Jesus will help him and deliver him. So notice what again, look, look at the text. Says. It says that, but that doesn't matter whether the motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. He is rejoicing because he's not going to focus on the negative. He's going to focus on the positive. And the positive is that the gospel of Christ is being preached. The gospel is, has power of transformation and healing. Here's a situation in our lives. We can focus on the negative or we can focus on what God is doing in our lives, how he's providing for us, how he's caring for us. Seeing many people raising funds to help support others who are in need, seeing countless people delivering meals and producing and producing and providing food. We are seeing an outpouring of charity and giving through this bad situation. Let's focus on the good things that are happening. Many of the nurses and the doctors are leaving the comforts of their own home, going to the, the stricken places to give up their time to help minister and serve and care for those who are in desperate of need. Think about those who are driving 
long hours just to be there and working long hours in and out of the hospitals to care for those in need. We need to think about how we see the compassion of God, of people moving around in this community and not focus on the negativity. And then we say, God, when some negative things do happen, say, Lord, how can you get the glory out of us? How can we see healing, reconciliation? May we see deliverance, almighty God. May you truly move as only you can. Here's the situation I want you to understand is that God moves at his way and his movement. So we need to be open and say, God, show me how you want to get this done. And Paul says, I know this, whatever the circumstances happen, whatever we're going through, we are in troubling times and we have to be wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. The enemy is seeking to steal, kill and destroy. We need to seek the Lord and preach this gospel and to see that lives are changed and that we are encouraging and emboldening others. We cannot allow the enemy to drain our energy so that we focus on what does not matter. But we must seek the kingdom and do kingdom things and let us be like Paul and focus on what matters. And so I want you to take this time and think about what matters the most. Take the time to think about God. How can you find joy in the things that matter most? And I'm going to close this in a moment of prayer and our meditation on that. Father, Lord, we thank you for you showing us how much you love us, how much you provide for us, how much you care for us. Father, help us to focus on what matters most, that we find joy in those precious moments of lives and people we care about. Help us to shed and remove those things that do not matter, that we can find joy in you, joy living for you, joy proclaiming you. Enjoy in serving you by how we love and serve one another. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Continue we meet again. Jesus loves you. And so do I. God bless.